0: It is so lovely to be here with you this morning. Um, Oh, that's lovely. So lovely to be here with you this morning. Um, as Rebecca said, my name is Lois and I'm on the staff team here at KXC. And it's been a little while since I've been here at a morning service. So it is a massive privilege to be here with you this morning. And um, you cannot have missed, John said it, Rebecca said it, that today is Palm Sunday. The day when we reflect on and think about Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. And it's obviously a week, Holy Week is a week of real significance in the Christian faith faith when we think about the death and resurrection of jesus um but today as i was preparing i just had a sense that the lord really has something for us today on this palm sunday for us to grab a hold of Um, and for us not to kind of skip ahead to the rest of holy week but to camp here wait here and listen to what jesus has to say to us today um so if you're up for it let's pray together that we would open up our hearts and receive that today so i'm just going to pray so, Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence here. And we thank you that you know each person in this room and that you have something specific to say to them in this moment. So, Lord, as, as a community, we want to open up our hearts, that you would speak to us by your word and your spirit, that you would open the eyes of our hearts, that you, we would capture a glimpse of you today. Amen. 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 So we're just going to crack on. The lovely Corinne, I can't actually see her. Here she is. Round of applause for Corinne. She is going to read our passage to us today. So we are we're taking this from Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. It's actually in all four Gospels, but we're going for Matthew. So Corinne, please
1: read it to us. Thanks, Lewis. Um, so it's chapter 21, verses 1 to 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Corin. And
0: so when I was um, reading and reflecting on this passage this week, what really struck me was this thing of the crowd capturing who Jesus is. They had this moment of clarity where they saw him for who he truly was. They get this vision of Jesus and this leads to amazing celebration. It's like as we read the passage, we hear people like grabbing their coats, grabbing the palm branches, shouting for joy. It's this like explosion of joy at seeing Jesus. And that's exactly what is prophesied about in the passage that actually Rebecca read this earlier this morning in Zechariah, where it says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion, shout, daughter Jerusalem, see your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, and on a foal. And I don't know if you've ever been in a place where something like this happens, where it feels like people catch a glimpse of Jesus and there's an eruption of joy. Um, and So when I was reading this, I was thinking actually about some memories of my childhood because um, I grew up going to church, um, a church that kind of had a very similar feel to KXE, um, but my parents are from Ghana. So every so often we would go um, to a church filled with Ghanaian people. And I noticed that there was a ritual that they would partake in. Um, when they kind of really got really excited um, about the presence of God in the room. And um, it it would always kind of happen that people out of nowhere would grab handkerchiefs, Out of you know their pockets or their bags or whatever, and they would break into dance. And I really wanted you to um, to feel this because this is what I was thinking about when I was reading um, in this Palm Sunday. And I was like, you know, I could try my best to describe it. I could try my best to maybe find a YouTube clip. But I was like, you know, this passage is about seeing and rejoicing. You see where I'm going. You see where I'm going with this. So, um, I thought I would just kind of play you a song and give you a little taste of what it's like to be at church in Ghana. Um, But but my friend actually, Dave Moorcock reminded me that because of the live stream, hello to everyone in the live stream, we can't actually play copyrighted music. So, (laughs) couldn't do that. But, 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 the wonderful Phil Martin, I don't think he's in the room, he's not in the room, but the wonderful Phil Martin has made me my very own Ghanaian inspired backing track, yeah. Um, and I, I also, I didn't really want to do this alone. So I'm, I've, I've called on my friend Esther, who's from Ghana, to come and join me. And <laughs> Rebecca Hamilton, she's not from Ghana, but she's got great moves. So okay. so um, if we could cue the music and Rebecca, just feel the rhythm. Um, and, and Esther, just go with where your heritage takes you. Um, and, and we will do it. So uh, let's cue the music. own Palm Sunday moment. So hopefully, hopefully you are now in the Palm Sunday moment. And um, so yeah, it's this moment of seeing and rejoicing. But what also struck me when I was reading this passage is that there are actually many moments in the Gospels when people actually miss who Jesus is. Um, we know that this crowd who is so behind Jesus in this moment, later on are the same crowd who call for his crucifixion, just to you catch my breath there. <laughs> I <laughs> really went for it there. Just going to have a drink of water. <laughs> Bear with me. And there can be, there are moments, we see them in the gospel, where people actually miss who Jesus is. And this happens to the best of us, like in our lives. I'm sure there are people in this room who have experienced that, where we, it feels like our vision of Jesus is clouded, where it's distorted. And it happens to the best of those in Scripture. We read about John the Baptist, this moment when he's in prison, and he sends his disciples to Jesus with this question, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? And Jesus gives this response to him. He says to his disciples, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. And so in life, when we feel like we have this distorted vision of Jesus, what we see here is that what Jesus is telling John is to look, to look and see, to see what he's doing and for his, for his vision of Jesus to be refreshed and to put his faith in him again. And that is what I believe is the invitation for us today, is to look and see who is riding into Jerusalem. And let, that, let our vision of Jesus be restored and let that birth joy in every single one of us. So we're just going to be looking at this passage, just three things. Look at three things that struck me when I was reading um, to look afresh at who Jesus is. So if you're up for that, we're going to do that. So the first thing is there is this exclamation that the people are shouting, uh, which is Hosanna, which basically means please save us. And so what we see is the people are actually seeing themselves, but also seeing Jesus clearly in this moment. Because they see, them, they see themselves as those that need saving, and Jesus as the only one who can do the saving. And, and when I was thinking about this, I was reminded of a story that um, my sister told me. Um, from years ago. So she's a doctor and she was doing her training and there was a time when she was um, on shift on a Saturday and she was the most senior doctor on the ward even though she was super, super junior. And she got this bleep from a nurse calling her to come over um, because there was an emergency and it transpired that there was a man, he'd had something called a tracheotomy and it meant he had a hole in his throat and he hadn't been taking like massively good care of it. Um, and he was, had ended up being in a really bad way. And Phoebe said she went down and the nurse who was there was kind of looking at her and because she was the most senior doctor. Um, her registrar was kind of at another site. And Phoebe realized that actually, if she didn't do something, this man was actually gonna die. Um, she was looking at him, the color was kind of draining him from his face. The, his oxygen levels were dropping. Um, and she was like, if I don't do something, this man's gonna die. So she was there with her tools, like trying to like, look into his throat to see what was going on. And she realized that his air hole was blocked. And so she was trying to encourage this man to cough up whatever was kind of blocking his air hole. And she said she was there for 15 minutes and um, trying to like prod and prod and get this thing out. And finally, the story ends happily. I was seeing some concerned faces. Um, but his, he, he was able to cough up the debris and what was blocking his throat. Um, and this barrage of phlegm and all this dead skin and stuff came out, uh, which is gross. But Phoebe sighed this massive uh, sigh of relief when she was like, phew, you know, he is going to be okay. And we read in scripture in Acts 4 verse 12 that salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we can be saved. And just like in that story where Phoebe was the only person available to save that man's life, the same it is with Jesus. The reality is that salvation is found in no one else. He is the only one who can do our saving. And it doesn't make, take much. When you look around the world, we see the brokenness. We see the fragility when we turn on the news. We see that we need a saviour. Our world needs a saviour. But it's not just when we look outside. We know it when we look inside our own hearts. We see the fragility within us. We see our lack of wholeness. We see that we are, all not, we are not all that we should be. But there is a remedy. And his name is Jesus. And he's the only one, just as Acts tells us, he's the only one who can bring us salvation. And there are so many things in this world that look like they can be our saviour, that present as the things that can make us whole, and um, that can make us significant, that can make us be all that we want to be. But what we're reminded in this story, this person who's riding towards that crowd is Jesus, the one and only saviour. And when we catch a glimpse of that, when we let go of all the other things that present as false saviours in this world, when we recapture a vision of Jesus as our saviour, that is going to birth real joy in us. So that's that, Jesus as our saviour. The second thing that I wanted to highlight was um, Jesus riding on a donkey, which is a bit of an obvious one, but there is some gold in it. So um, the passage says, See, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And so at that time, what a king would do when they were riding out to battle is that they would ride out on a horse, but actually ride back on a donkey. And this was to signify that they were returning with peace. So what Jesus is communicating in this moment is that he is bringing peace with God. So not only is he our savior, but he is returning with peace. And I don't know if you've ever had the experience of being in an argument with someone and um, maybe you've apologized um, and then it gets to the point where there's you know, like no moving on and they just say, it's fine. <laughs> or maybe you're the person that says it's fine. But in that moment, all is not fine. And you know that um, underneath it, there's real passive regression there and that they're fuming. And actually that makes you feel like, actually you've got to watch your back because there is not full peace between you. But thanks be to God, our God is holy. He is different from us. And peace from God means peace. And you may have heard the story of the prodigal son, um, which is a beautiful story in the book of Luke, which talks about the son who goes off, who leaves his father behind, rejects his father, comes to his senses and returns home. And in the story that Jesus tells, the father runs at the son, welcomes him at home and throws him a party. That's the kind of peace that has been extended to every single one of us. It says in Colossians 1 verse 20, and through him to reconcile to himself, that's Jesus, all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So today we get to know that all is fine with our relationship with God. That God is refusing to make himself our enemy. And we don't have to wonder As we come to God in repentance, like the prodigal son, we never ever have to wonder if God is silently fuming underneath it all. We never have to wonder whether God is waiting to get back at us for the things that we've done, because we are at peace with God. And and that's who we see as Jesus is riding in on the donkey, that he is bringing us peace. We are at peace with God. And again, what joy is available to us if we grasp that? that we never have to watch our backs with God, that we know that he is good, that his intentions towards us are good, that he welcomes us home with open arms and wants to throw us a party. It's good news, isn't it? Such good news. So he's our savior, he brings us peace. And then the final thing is this phrase, Hosanna to the son of David. And this is a little nod to the fact that Jesus is riding in as king. And so we read in the book of Samuel, in 1 Samuel 8, chapter 20, it says this. um, It's basically the people of Israel um, reject God as their king. And they say they basically want to be like everyone else around them. And they want to have a human king. And so they say this to the prophet Samuel. We want a king over us. Then we shall be like all the other nations, with a king to lead us and go before us and fight our battles. And what we read in the books of Kings and Chronicles is that they get their king, but these kings lead them astray. They lead them away from worship of God. Um, But there are some who, um, who are good and lead them towards worship of God. And one of these is King David, who despite being imperfect has this undivided heart that we read about in scripture. And then there are promises throughout the Old Testament that there will be a king a king from David's line who will reign in a way that's righteous and who will be the promised king. And so as this crowd is shouting, Hosanna to the son of David, what they're saying is that you are the one, you are the promised king. You're the son of David. You're the one we've been waiting for. And just as they, um, in that original story in Samuel, the crowd said that they wanted a king who was gonna fight their battles. In light of the resurrection, we see that Jesus fought our battle with sin and death and won and brought his victory for us. And his victory now becomes our victory. His kingdom now becomes our home. His destiny becomes our destiny because he's tied his destiny to ours. And when I was thinking about this, I was reminded of a story that one of my friends told me recently, where she had an infestation of bees at her flat, um, honeybees. And honeybees are actually an endangered species, um, so you can't just kind of get rid of them yourself. You have to get someone to come in and deal with them. And this guy came to do that, and he was super, super passionate about honeybees. And so he told her everything about the process, and she in turn told me everything about the process. Um, it was actually really interesting. And then um, one. One of the things she told me is that um, in order to get the honeybees from the, I think it was in the water tank. So in order to get the honeybees from there uh, to where they needed to go, to get to, um, the beekeeper had to put the honeybees in this temporary um, beehive. And in order to do that, he had to search through all the bees and find the queen bee. And then he, so when he found the queen bee, he put it in this little, her own little palace and put it in the temporary beehive. And then over the course of hours and hours and hours, all the other bees went from the water tank into this temporary beehive. And then he was able to take them where they needed to go. And what really struck me about that story is that the destiny of those bees was tied to that of the the queen bee. They went wherever she went. And so it is with us that where, where our God has gone, where Jesus has gone for us in conquering death and bringing life, that's where we now get to go. We get to live in the goodness of his kingdom right here and right now. We get to experience the righteousness, peace and joy that we read about in the kingdom of God. Jesus has made all of that available to us in tying his destiny to our destiny and so we see Jesus as king that is who the people saw riding towards them on that Palm Sunday and that is what the Lord wants to remind us I believe this morning that not only does he come riding on a donkey as saviour as the one who brings peace, but also the king who brings resurrection life. And so for all of that and so much more um, that we read about in scripture as to who our God is, there is so much joy that is available to us right now as we capture a glimpse of Jesus. And the reality is we, this is all, this is true. This is all true, what I've told you. Um, But it's, it's, we can't just kind of snap ourselves into believing that. We need the Holy Spirit to make this real to us.